0: Hello and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ann Eglash. This podcast is co-sponsored by the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, as well as the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is an international organization of physicians dedicated to the promotion, protection, and support of breastfeeding and human lactation through education and research. Our goal for this podcast series is to help you manage clinical aspects of breastfeeding medicine. We also hope to keep you updated with current research that may impact practice management. Any advice or recommendations in this podcast do not reflect official policies or views of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Today we're going to talk about the infant who has a tight lingual frenulum, or as many refer to it, tongue tie. I have with me today Dr. Evelyn Jane. Dr. Jane is a family physician and a clinical assistant professor with the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Calgary in Canada. She's also the director of the Lakeview Breastfeeding Clinic. Dr. Jane takes a special interest in infant tongue tie. Welcome, Evelyn. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for joining me. So, why is tongue tie important for us to pay attention to in breastfeeding medicine?
1: Well, tongue tie causes quite severe problems in most babies who have it and it's rarely examined for in the routine medical exam at delivery. It's a band of skin under the tongue. If you look for it, it's very easy to see and it can also be easily felt by putting your finger under the tongue. But the problems it causes are very severe in breastfeeding and we need to identify it at birth. It can also cause speech problems and problems with oral hygiene and development later.
0: So what are the symptoms of tongue-tied that healthcare professionals need to watch for?
1: The mother will come in with a baby who has a poor latch, usually a, a shallow latch, or sometimes a complete inability to latch onto the breast. Or she may have damaged and painful nipples, from the tongue and the gums grating on the nipple because the baby can't draw the nipple back far into his mouth. Frequently, I also see slow weight gain or even failure to thrive. Because the baby can't remove the milk well, there's usually, uh, after some time, decreased milk supply. Mm -hmm. You also find the baby has very long and frequent feeds outside the normal range to keep up any kind of decent growth.
0: So it sounds like almost all breastfeeding problems could withstand an evaluation of the infant's tongue when evaluating the breastfeeding problem.
1: Um, Yes, we should always examine the baby's tongue. That's the first thing I do. Because women have worked hard with all these problems usually before they come into a medical breastfeeding clinic to actually see a doctor. And persistent problems are frequently due to the, uh, the tongue tie.
0: So when a healthcare professional is evaluating a baby, how do you diagnose tongue tie?
1: It's diagnosed by examining the baby's mouth under the tongue, by inserting your index finger under the tongue. Uh, sometimes if there is a tongue tie, you'll find it quite difficult to do that because of the, the tongue won't lift well. And you'll see and feel a tight band in the midline, holding the tongue back and down so it doesn't protrude forwards and it doesn't lift up very well. There is a range. Sometimes this membrane goes all the way to the tip of the tongue. That's a very severe one. It may not go to the tip of the tongue or or even only halfway to the tip of the tongue, but basically once you find that there is that membrane limiting the movement, it's a clinical question not just an anatomic question. It is this particular tongue tie in this particular baby with his particular mouth shape and size and his own particular mother's nipples, large or small or flat or inelastic, as a combination clinically of the baby's ability to move the tongue and the mother's anatomy also. You will see just on casual examination many times that the tip of the tongue is heart-shaped. It's tethered in the midline, and the two sides of the tongue will protrude forwards or upwards, but it'll be tethered in the midline. That's another telltale sign of a, of a tongue tie.
0: It sounds like there may be times that a baby's tongue may be somewhat tight, but mom may not be complaining of any sort of pain, and the baby seems to be growing well.
1: That's quite true. Do these situations always need to be treated? If it's a small or moderate tongue tie and there are no breastfeeding problems, I may not advise clipping it. But the problem is we don't know ahead of time whether there's going to be a breastfeeding problem from a particular tongue tie. And considering that the risks of problems are very high with tongue tie and the benefits of releasing it are quite great, And the procedure, when carefully done, is extremely low risk. I would say that it's a good preventive procedure to do with any significant anatomic tongue tie because anyone who's worked in lactation knows that all problems become related to each other. The nabbing nipple, the poor latch, the slow weight gain are related and very troublesome to mothers. So what I hear mostly when people come in to see me, and most people who've come in to see me have have consulted at least half a dozen uh, professionals before coming in, is that they have had contradictory advice about whether it's needed or not. I see. And I think it's more common to be told it's not needed when it is needed than to take the chance of doing the occasional one where... If it hadn't been released, it wouldn't have caused a problem. We can't know that. It's like giving um, vaccinations. We, give the, we recommend them for everyone because we consider them very low risk and very high benefit.
0: Oh, that's a good analogy. So, <laughs> so can you just walk us through what it takes to,
1: to fix a tongue tie, to clip the tongue? Uh, well, it's basically a simple procedure, but it must be done with extreme care because it's in an enclosed, dark space and a very sensitive space. So first of all, I make sure the baby is completely immobilized by wrapping the baby up tightly in a blanket. And I have an assistant to hold the baby's head uh, very firmly for me with the chin up, like a sniff position, as we would do if we were intubating. And then I examine it once again when the baby's immobilized. With I usually take a pen light. I look at it carefully to um, evaluate the thickness of it. They're obviously much easier if they're thin, which commonly they are. I look at it from all angles with the light, uh, make sure that it isn't very fleshy. Uh, I'm right-handed. So I put my left index finger gloved into the, under the tongue, into the mouth, Um, in order to hold the tongue up so that I'm stretching it somewhat. And uh, at this point, the baby commonly will cry. That actually, not that we like a crying baby, but it does help stretch the frenulum out. And then I take a small pair of scissors, a curved iris I find the best, and just with the tip, I snip the leading edge of the tongue tie. I would advise people who are starting out doing it to be cautious, just take the tip of the scissors as far as you intend to go, it may be two, three millimeters, it varies a lot, and take your first nip, then feel it and look at it and see if you feel that you could safely take some more without going into the flesh, at the back of the tongue, insertion, because you do have the sublingual artery in the flesh there. And I'm not comfortable with causing heavy bleeding. In fact, in my career of um, 20 years of directing the breastfeeding clinic, I've never had more than, say, four or five drops of blood, usually one or two drops or perhaps none. Is there any risk of infection? I've never seen an infection. The mouth is extremely well provided with all the immunity to deal with damaged skin, I mean, as we know, if we have a dental extraction, a straightforward one that wasn't previously infected, we're not likely to get infected in that place. And commonly people um, might bite their cheek accidentally with their teeth. It normally would not become infected. I've personally never seen one infected. Occasionally, in a very small proportion of babies, if you look under the tongue after three, four days, you may see a small whitish, yellowish, patch where the procedure was done. Usually not though. And if you do see that, a couple of parents have thought it was a canker sore. That's not the case. It's just a healing area and it will resolve within seven to eight days with no complications whatsoever.
0: Is there anything else that you would like to share with us about tongue tie?
1: Well, I feel that its um, priority is for those of us in the medical profession who are doing uh, the examination at birth Or the first exam that we're doing, it's critical to examine the tongue when you encounter, uh, well, when you see a new baby, and it's also an essential part of the assessment in virtually any breastfeeding problem. So I'd like to encourage people to become very familiar to do this automatically.
0: Well, that sounds like wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Evelyn Jane. Dr. Jane, again, is a family physician uh, with the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Calgary, and I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much, Anne. It's been my pleasure. If people would like to see a demonstration of the procedure, I have a video called Tongue Tie Impact on Breastfeeding, and some information about it can be found on my webpage, which is www. DrJan.com. That's D R J A I N.com.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you have any interest in the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine or any questions or comments about this podcast, please email us at ABM at B as in boy, F as in Frank Med.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks.